Sport Press Podcast featuring hosts Jay Hove, Chef, Wheezy, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations. I would like to welcome everybody back and some of you for the first time to the Full Sport Press Podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan. And this is your one-stop shop for all sports-related news and topics. I am Jay Hove. Good boy, Big Jeff. Wheezy in the building. Say what's up, Wheezy. What's going on? What you do? What it, what it do? What it do? What it do? Coach Lock back in the building. Say what's up, Cal. What's up, fellas? We back with another one. Sure, most definitely. Got most a, definitely, man. Got a boy Jeff back. Got the band back together. Look at the band. Look at that. Yeah, man. Episode three hundred and thirty-three. <laughs> we got to get past this one fast. That's crazy. We are moving on to the defensive side of the ball with the twenty twenty NFL top seven series with the pass rushers and linebackers. FSP style. Always FSP style. You better damn know it. And you better damn believe it. I snuck it in there fast. Super balls. <laughs> uh, best of the week, Jeff. What you got, man? Man, best of the week. Uh, besides being back on the show, man, I got my OG red questions. Read my questions. The AIs <laughs> came in the mail. I almost shed a thug tear for those. Not for sure. Yeah, needed those. Needed those. Probably probably my last shoe cop for a while. That was the last thing I needed to the collection. We good to go at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm you had like 35 Allen Iverson shoes, right? All time? Give or take. Nah, Give definitely take. more than that all time. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's been full. You're it's, full. I ain't wearing About 35 pair of questions all together. Yeah, yeah. Coach Lott, what you got? All right, man. Being that Mike Bloomberg donates $100 million to four HBCU medical schools, man. Meharry Medical in Nashville, Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta, Charles R. Jew University of Science in L.A., and Howard University College of Medicine in Washington were the four recipients of that $100 million donation. So that's a big deal, man. That's good for the HBCU medical schools. So shout out to Mike Bloomberg. Shout out to Bloomberg. Finally doing something good. Weez, what you got? Best of the week. Uh, best of the week, man. I found me a, I found me a couple, couple stocks this week that I, that I like. Did some research on. I'm gonna share that with you guys later, to uh, you know make a little quick money. Got some stocks going on. Man, you hiding stocks now. I see what's going on. Um, <laughs> I'm share that with. Now, I'm a little later. Oh, you talking about like during this? Air. Okay. On the air. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was about to say, don't don't <laughs> cheat me. Stocks, boy, stocks get tricky around. You see that? Yeah, yeah. Look who's talking. Um, my best of the week is the Fruit Loop Pop Tarts, man. This is what I miss the most, man. Going, trying new snacks, going to grocery stores. If you know me, you know I try all the snacks. Coach Lock knows this. So, I was doing my grocery list and saw Fruit Loop Pop Tarts, man. 
And they really taste like the best part of the Fruit Loop cereal. Super ready for this pandemic to be over so I can get back doing some of my favorite things. This is trash, but that was fun, man. Kind of brought back some early 2019, early 2020 fun by finding something new as far as a snack, man. Look what we get excited for, damn pandemic. Hot tart. <laughs> yeah, man. Crazy, 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 crazy. Hey, you got to find that Ben & Jerry's uh, ice cream too, man. That look good. Yeah, no, nah, we gotta we gotta figure that out. We gotta figure that out. Pumpkin okay. cheesecake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck on you lactose though, Weezy. You can't even do it. Man, you know, I haven't had ice cream in psh, at least three or four weeks. I'm rough. <laughs> All right, it's, it's really gonna yeah, it's gonna you gonna <laughs> yeah, you gonna be on hill day. Worst of the week, Weezy. What you got? Worst of the week is I'm right back with the stock market. Stock market took a crash, man. The gas is all up this week uh, with the Tesla and the split. And Tesla been dropping ever since. <laughs> Jeff, what you got? Uh, worst of the week. Chauncey Billups, man. Uh, Chauncey, I don't I don't get the whole the whole you versus AI thing you got going on. But comparing yourself to Ella Iverson's Hall of Fame career to your career, which probably should be a Hall of Fame career, you know, in the long run, but not right off the bat, like a first battle Hall of Famer as is after Harrison. Um, you should probably find someone more your level of critiquing. Like, that was a little rough for me to watch, like, and read. Like, it felt a little, a little hate. Like, to say that you wanted to, that you felt like you should be in the Hall of Fame because you took Denver further than AI did. That's very true. Him and Carmelo are the same players. Kind of off at the work. That's a whole other story. You won a championship with, with Detroit. You did win a championship with Detroit. You should have won more than one. And you also beat the Lakers team that was arguing on the court during the finals. And we all saw this. Then you couldn't get over that hump ever again. So the, for you to say all those things to an MVP and one of the greatest shooting guards of all time, that was a little much for me, Thomas. You should be worried more about Steve Nash getting that job over you. In- That's Jeff right there. They touched Jeff. Yeah, I got to Jeff. Yeah, hit, hit, hit a nerve. Yeah, nah, for sure. Big nerve. Uh, worst of the week, Coach, what you got? Man, you know, with the pandemic going on, you know, kids are at home and having to do the schoolwork. Well, I came across a picture on Twitter where I saw two kids – sitting outside on the curb at a Taco Bell in California just so they could do their schoolwork so they could get some Wi-Fi. And then did they say something about the parents? That, like their parents were going to get, like, they were going to look into, like... Uh... Supposedly, the, the, the companies were supposed to give everybody free internet. Right. Kyra said something like the parents are going to get in trouble for the kids doing that and all that or something like that because what happened with those kids being in front of Taco Bell the whole time using Wi-Fi. I, I don't know. You can't go to libraries because libraries are closed. You know exactly. Things. So, so uh, applaud those kids for doing whatever they had to do to get their work done because you got some kids out there sitting at home with the Wi-Fi not doing nothing. It's some wild Damn, stuff right. in the school Zoom calls. You see some wild My worst of the week, man, is NBA 2K. So NBA 2K21 was released on Friday. And it's the same exact game as NBA 2K20. Um, they should have waited to release this Thanksgiving, man. And I don't think I'm going to cut the game on until at least free agency is over. And that's late October. Come on, man. What a crock of shit, man. You make us pay. You make us pay for a new game. No, And they're waiting clearly for a new gaming system. Why would you do it? It's the same game. All they did was add a J. Cole shoes on there, dog. That's it. 
Same game. Jeff, have you played? You're the no. only gamer on here other than me, but have you played? I wait. I'm waiting to, to reviews, and then everyone's saying it's the same game. It's not making me want to pay my $50 to have it. But I'm not buying the Super Duper version. But. Yeah. And then they changed the cover to Dame Lillard, and it was Zion at first, and they changed the Dame. Yeah, it's three covers. It's, it's Zion, Dame, and Kobe. And I don't even know where the hell. I guess the Zion one is on the next gen. Or it's the one that's in stores because I think one you get now on, on, on digital is all Dame Lillard. But. I ain't playing. You know, it should have been my worst of the week. Uh oh. What? <laughs> Weezy on live. That was like, that should have been my worst of the week. Play us fuck up, man. That's all I can say. Oh, man. Um, stat of the week. Shout out to Marcus W234 for this fine. Tom Brady in his career has a better chance to make the Super Bowl at 45% than Steph Curry does to make a three-pointer at 43%. And that is the stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. That's very interesting. That's interesting, right? Oh, man. The good old Tom Brady. Good old great Tom. Now, make sure you check us out on iTunes, Facebook, IG, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and, of course, the SoundCloud page to catch up on the full archive of past episodes of FSP. How do you do that? Just search Full Sport Press Podcast. When you get through doing that, make sure you check out the On Deck TV Hip Hop Podcast with Animal Brown and Spike Blue every Wednesday. Their latest issue is up, the Hip Hop Hall of Fame second ballot episode. Sure, they lost me with the first Ballad Hall of Fame, not having Nas Illmatic. Travis, one of the best hip-hop albums of all time. Spoiler alert. Now, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. He's in there now. They, 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 they Should have been first ballot, dog. There's no way. Should have been. Like T.O. T.O. should have been first ballot Hall of Fame. No question. Oh. <laughs> all right. Uh, Fresher Than Your Average Podcast. Featuring myself and Animal Brown. Is a self-help fashion podcast directly related to improving everyday fashion. We have a new FTYA Friday live analyzing the weekend's biggest sneaker releases. Pull up on us on the IG page or youtube.com slash realville directly for the culture. Where you kicks, man? Cop responsible. Jeff, you've been out. <laughs> Ten good wrestling seconds, man. Gotcha. All right, let's start the clock. All right, so missed a little bit to cover a little bit, so we're just going to skip past SummerSlam, skip past Payback, skip past the AEW pay-per-view, just get right to, the, right to the foolishness. Roman Reigns is apparently a heel now. The world can be happy. The world can be happy. The rest of the world can rejoice. He has Paul Heyman in his corner, and Brock Lesnar did not sign his WWE contract, making him, a free, making him the biggest free agent in wrestling history. So we're going to see how this plays out going forward. And don't forget to catch the 808s and Hawks, 808s and Chair Shots podcast. Me, myself, and Nick each and every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. We're definitely going to cover this this week because I don't know how in the world they let Brock Lesnar become a free agent. That's hilarious. Uh, Jim. What's going on, sir? Did you know Brock Lesnar was married to Sable? Yes. yes. I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, keep up. Every time I every time I hear Sable's name, I think puppies. Right. <laughs> he don't, she don't show up no more either. She ain't she never coming to the reunion shows. She's never on the TV no every more. Sable's name, I think, when Jerry Lawler said puppies. <laughs> that went right over my head. Now tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment. Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page. On the iTunes page, please rate and subscribe. And more importantly, man, don't forget to tell a friend. Tell a friend.
Tell a friend. And tell a friend. That the revolution will be podcasting. And before we get started with the first half, Wheezy, do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do. This week's award recipient award recipient is Antonio Brown. It is A B. He just welcomed a new baby with his fiance after reconciling since A B swore off white women, kicked her out of the house, and threw gummy penises at her. But this isn't the headline here. And Antonio Brown's sex tape with Tiana Trump has leaked on OnlyFans, which now has leaked onto every social media platform. For those not familiar with Tiana Trump, she is a very, very famous porn star. The AB Tiana Trump sex tape was discovered after people saw similarities between the person receiving fellatio that looked like AB. AB had on a Richard Milley watch that he's worn in plenty of videos, very recognizable watch. It has a green band. He is receiving the fellatio in his own gym based, which is major evidence with his face on the wall of the gym. At the moment, it's not clear whether or not AB uh, leaked this tape or did Tiana Trump leak this tape. What's up with AB, fellas? He's becoming, I need to be in the, in the spotlight all the time type of guy. So we don't know if it's AB officially officially but we do know it's tiana trump <laughs> we do know that but yeah she, she's front and center yeah, for yeah. Sure. allegedly yeah but yeah. we don't know if it's ab said allegedly. <laughs> look this story so messed up my boy was just kind of just trying to get through it <laughs> trying to get through it i'm trying to get through this one coach <laughs> you hear me you hear me because here's the thing some people are saying that <laughs> He's getting a cut of the funds made from OnlyFans. Exactly. So I don't know, man. But you're trying to get back into the NFL, AB. This is not going to get you there any faster, Slim. It's not going to get you there any faster. If you know Tiana Trump, never mind. You guys ready to get started the first half? How we going to get that there? There you go. Hey, Weezy. Hey, I got a question for you. No. Weezy, you delivering that to Tiana Trump? Uh, nah, nah. <laughs> I got somebody for that. Nah, uh-uh. That's going to go regular mail like everything else. I would not be delivering that. That was not proper if you dropped it off. I would not be delivering that one. I would, I would not be delivering that one. <laughs> Drone is definitely dropping that off, homie. Yeah, yeah. That, that, they say it's gone already, so I, I don't even know how it's getting there. It's gone. <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with you. Boy, I'm going to do some editing on that when you guys ready to get started the first half. <laughs> the first half is underway. Full sport press. First half, the hottest sports news of the past week, like we do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press Podcast. Before we get started, I am J-Ho. Brother Jeff. It's your boy Weezy. What it do? It's your man, Coach Locke. Locke, where can they find you on social media, my brother? Man, on IG and Twitter, they can find me at lock underscore the underscore great. That's T-H-A. Holla at me. What about you, Weezy? I'm FSP underscore Weezy on IG, and I'm at Weezy on Twitter. Holla at me. Jeff. Jay Easley 84 across all social media platforms. For sure, man. I'm Jay Hove on Instagram and Twitter. Let's have a conversation on Twitter. I've been, it's been pretty solid right now. People, you know, people, little, little Russ slander, little Dame, little slander. People, people cool with that. 
Yeah, and I'm cool with that for sure. Yeah, no. mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure. Let's <laughs> let's move on, man. Well, let's kick off things with some NBA basketball talk. The second round NBA playoff predictions kicked off last week. Well, with some teams going into some game sevens. We'll start off with the Eastern Conference, the Bucks versus the Heat. The Heat are up three to nothing, fellas. How you guys feel about the rest of this series? Who will win? Clearly, the Bucks. I mean, the Heat are gonna win. I don't. If the Bucks coming back, uh, anybody take the Bucks? Think the Bucks coming back? Bet me. I'll gladly take that bet. This and with another matchup we're gonna talk about in a second with the Raptors and Celtics. You can see with Miami, yes, they're a very team oriented and very like very well coached. But they got one dude on their team that is a dog. You need that in the playoffs. Like you need somebody that's battle tested, somebody that wants to be there. Like we just say, he's on a business trip, don't want his family there. I'm here to get this done and come back with everything else. We can worry about all that at this over with. That's what you need. On Milwaukee, I've been on this show for at least two seasons saying, I think your man's a little light. I don't know where this MVP stuff is coming from. I don't know where this, this next greatest – I don't know where that's at with him. And it shows every playoffs. Al Horford two years ago to what uh, Toronto did to him uh, last season to now. Every year it happens in the playoffs with dude. And no one wants to talk about it, but y'all MVP looking real light right now. And I don't know, but I got, I got Miami winning in five. Giannis, man, he, he's going to have to develop a consistent jump shot. What we're seeing is every year in the playoffs, teams buckle down and really pay attention to the half-court defense. Giannis is somebody that needs to get to the paint. If you watch him in the regular season, he gets to the paint at will. So he scores whenever he wants to. His percentages are going to be good. He just can do what he want to do. Playoff time has come, and he can't get in the paint. When he does get in the paint, that's when he scores. When he can't get him in the paint, he gets in foul trouble, and it's showing. And Eric Spolster is really showing why he's a, the second longest tenure coach in the league behind Popovich. I have the Heat winning this in five also. I think the Bucks will pull out one game. As a better Weezy, and I'm sure you can attest to this, you're left with a, a really tough conundrum. Do you roll with the best player or the best collection of players? And the drop-off between Giannis and Chris Middleton, if you were looking at it at the beginning of the season, was a big drop-off. But in turn, the way that Jimmy Butler, the way that Bam Adebayo's, Jay Crowder, bringing Iggy off the bench, they are disrupting the mental capacity of Giannis Antetokounmpo to the point where they better hurry up and hand out this MVP. Because in turn, if they give him MVP, Considering the fact that they get swept, that ain't going to look good for the NBA. I'm going to be real. It might be a situation where it's so bad that they might give it to LeBron. They're going to have to. They're going to have to, dog. They're 7-9 and nine in the bubble, y'all. Jimmy Butler literally is saying the defensive player of the year can't guard him, dog. Yeah. Come on, man. Let's move on to the Raptors versus the Celtics. The Raptors are the number two seed. The Celtics are the number three seed. The Celtics are up two to one right now. Give me a prediction for the rest of this series, fellas. Uh, this is a battle, I think, of the two coaches. And I think Brad Stevens might be the better coach in this series. Somebody got to make an adjustment. I think Brad Stevens has the upper hand on this one. I agree with when it comes to the coaching. I think the coaching, to me, with both of these guys is a watch. Um, 
I think Brad made a bad decision going to that zone on the last game. Boston should be up 3-0 right now, looking for a sweep. But going to that zone, leaving it, leaving uh, the OG wide open for that trade in the corner, you, you know, that, that .5 second was long, the longest .5 second I've ever seen in my life. But he made the shot. So, it's, you know, it's, that it comes out on his end. But I think Brad Stevens and, and Nick Nurse are going to watch each other out when, when it comes to coaching. Boston is just more talented. I won't spend too much time on this because Jeff and Weezy, y'all basically hit all the points I was going to say. Uh, it is a wash, and Brad outcoached himself on that last play. Instead of just go ahead and sticking with what Boston does, is a great defensive team. You go zone instead of letting them stay man, and you give up the, the shot that loses the game, that allows you to sweep them, which they're still going to win the series. I don't think Toronto's going to win another game. I think Boston's going to win this series 4-1 because Toronto doesn't have a Jason Tatum. Toronto doesn't have a Kimball Walker, per se. Yes, they have Kyle Lowry. Yes, he's done a lot of things. But at the end of the day, Siakam is not Jason Tatum. He's just not. So I think the Celtics are going to close this one out and win this series 4-1. to With the Raptors, man, four players are averaging better than 17 points a game in these playoffs. Two of them, the Baca, Norman Powell, have been shooting better than 60% from the field during the postseason. With those numbers, you would assume that this team is up 2-1. They're down 2-1 because their best player hasn't showed up. And their best player best player is Pascal Siakam. What they did, though, was let him get going in game three. They got him, they got him some spots where he was putting – I think he had like 15 points in the second half after not scoring anything but like four points in the first half. And on top of that, now they have confidence. And the thing that everybody knows in the playoffs is all about confidence. OG hit a big shot on a bad call from Brad Stevens. And now, you know, you hear Van Vliet saying, oh, they effed up. And they gave us life. We ready to go. Here's the thing. You beat them by a point, and Jason Tatum was four for five for 18 from the field. So, in turn, Celtics win this 4-1. They won't win another game. But they should have swept their ass 100%. Right quick, speaking of coaching, uh, shout out to Wallace, my boy House. Did y'all, how, how, did you, how do y'all think Leonard Hamilton is the coach of Florida State? 78. 75. 60. He's 72 years old. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. He's been there forever. I would have never, I would never thought he was 72. He looks nothing like 72, man. They think Pharrell is a vampire. Shout out to Leonard Hamilton, man. Let's move on to the Western Conference with the number one seed Los Angeles Lakers versus the number four seed Houston Rockets. The Rockets are up one to nothing. How do we feel about this series and why? I hope that uh, the Lakers were just rusty, but I keep hearing uh, I, I keep hearing the Rockets are a bad matchup for the Lakers. They I, and I don't want to understand it because I'm a LeBron James fan, but I I guess I just gotta watch and see. I don't know about this series. I'm perplexed. Throughout the regular season, <clears throat> once Houston went small, throughout the regular season, they went two and one against the Lakers. Now throw the regular season down the playoffs. I totally get it. But you watch this game, what makes the what the Lakers' strength is is their size. Well, that size doesn't mean anything when you're running your your tallest player is six six, six seven with Rob Covington or, 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 or PJ Tucker is six five and playing your five. That doesn't matter. You gotta guard everybody now. Cause Russ and James Harden are, are playing drive and kick all game to the to the three-point line and they're spotting up where they can. 
You can't play Dwight Howard in that. You can't play JaVel McGee in that. And you want to play AD at the five, but he hates playing the five. We all know this. So this is a bad matchup for the Lakers. Rockets and seven. Wow. This is definitely a bad matchup for the Lakers. But at the end of the day, this series is going to be decided by how the Rockets shoot the basketball. Just as at the end of the day. If the Lake, if the Rockets are making shots, it's going to be hard to keep JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard on the floor. They're not making shots. The Lakers can put them on the floor, and they'll just pound them on the inside and won't be nothing the Lakers can do. The thing that's going to worry me about the Rockets is we've seen this story before. We've seen James Harden show up in game ones, twos, and threes. But then when it gets close, he somehow always disappears. Shout out to Robert Covington, TSU alumni. If he doesn't show up and play – like he plays in game seven against OKC, we're not even talking about this matchup. He saved the Rockets for sure. But James Harden damn sure didn't show up. But I still think the Lakers are going to figure a way to pull this out because I think it's going to come down to a game six, seven decision. And I just don't think James Harden is going to show up. And it's going to be the Lakers that move on. <laughs> this is the same knee-jerk reaction that people have when Portland won the first game after a long layoff. And people acting like it's a situation where <laughs> this Anthony Davis, P.J. Tucker thing is going to work. This is what I'm trying to tell you, man. They're going to start AD at the five. We'll play AD at the majority of their time at the five. You bring in Kuz. Rondo's playing his first game. He got to get his legs under him. There is a playoff Rondo. Rondo will play good throughout these playoffs and find a way to get in the, into the head of James Harden and Russell Westbrook like he always does. This is not a bad matchup for the Lakers. They just had, they just shot the ball well. That's it. Eric Gordon shot the ball well. Russell Westbrook played well. The Rockets won't win another game, y'all. What the hell are you talking about? It's going to be some of the easiest work that you will ever see. I am not at all worried about this series for LeBron James. Jay also said the Rockets will make out of the first round. He also said that. They he, shouldn't have. They would They did. Hey, man, the Lakers do this, man. They make adjustments and in turn. What, what happened with that second game against Portland? People, people said Portland was going to win this in six. I, no one ever. No one on this call ever said Yeah, nobody. I'm, I'm, talking, about people on this, I'm talking about people on this particular podcast. Nobody on this podcast has Portland winning that series, Jay. Now, you talk nobody. about reactions on Twitter and people who don't know basketball, people who just love to watch, love to watch reactions and, and let – their emotions get the best of them. Yes. I'm talking about people who really watch basketball. Anybody with common sense will say, this. If, when Houston is on, I've said this, they went small. When Houston is on, they can beat anybody on any night. Because you shoot that many threes, you do three, you do two for one, it's, it's, my three is better than your two no matter what. It, man, no matter what. I guarantee Houston to win this series. Whatever, who I want to take the bet, whatever. I, I, I have – The good. Lakers to win, so – Man, they, they might win another game. They might win another game. People getting knee-jerk reactions off one game. And the Lakers been off nine days, y'all. They been sitting, watching TV, creating tie-down shirts and shit, man. They ain't been playing. ain't worried about no basketball. They finna come and kick. They gonna beat their ass by 20 next game, man. This all I say, then we'll move on. If the Rockets shoot like this for three more games, they gonna win. But they not. We know they not. James Harden never does. He never can do it in a clutch time. We've seen this season after season. He always plays good at the beginning of series. This shit all in the boat. This shit. I heard somebody say P.J. Tucker, first team all defense. Man, get the fuck. The man was 10 for 16 from the field. AD was 10 for 16 from the field. And you said, motherfucker, get first team all defense for that. But what, but what did I say in the group chat last night? 
defense. Great, great defense. Just better offense. <laughs> it's better. Uh, our last series is the number two seed Clippers versus the number three seed Nuggets. Uh, give me a prediction for this series. Clippers, maybe five. I think Kawhi Leonard's playing just as good as Jimmy Butler right now. Solid killer. Uh, playing, he playing below the three point line. Uh, I don't, now that person turning on and off in the playoffs is Kawhi Leonard. I've, I've watched him do it plenty of times. I don't like the way he gets he gets thirty points and have no emotion. I don't like that, but <laughs> he uh, he kill him. He kill him, man. Pandemic P is out of his dark place. Um, now that's what he said. He said he was in a dark place. He's out of his dark place. Now the Clippers are gonna make quick work of the Nuggets. Quick, quick work. The Nuggets, they just not ready, man. Jamal Murray, he put too much energy into that Utah series, and I think it showed in game one. He'll bounce back and have a, a game or two, but at the end of the day, the Clippers they, they just gonna do too much. They don't have anybody that can stop Kawhi Leonard. He's getting to his sweet spot, which is that mid-range, right? That elbow, that free throw line, or right in the paint and shooting that little mid-range. And it's nothing nobody on the Nuggets can do. Unfortunately, that will be the demise of the Nuggets. The Clippers are the more talented team in this series, and no question. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, you got six man of the year, six man of the decade, and Lou Williams. Just a deeper basketball team, man. And again, this Nuggets team just doesn't have enough weapons you still don't have will barton gary harris is just now getting into his form he won't be ready to really play at his highest level until game three game four come on man that's they might be over by then then michael porter jr is in his first playoff series and now he has to switch and guard Kawhi leonard or get switched and michael porter jr have to get past Kawhi leonard and he's just a little too thin in the cakes man so if you depend on him Jokic playing the way that he's playing this should be easy work for the Clippers. And they were on the same layoff as the Lakers. And that's just a testament of a coach preparing their players. Doc is a better coach, man, than Frank Vogel. They just can do whatever, man. This is quick work. Easiest shit we'll see. And they'll be resting again for the Lakers uh, in five. You guys ready to get started with halftime? We're at the midway point. Enjoy all of the halftime festivities. Halftime, in case you missed it, Hall of Fame basketball legend Michael Jordan will be an investor and a special advisor to the board of sports betting company and Wheezy's favorite place, DraftKings. Now, the deal sent shares of DraftKings roughly 6% higher in early trading, and Jordan will take an undisclosed equity stake in exchange for providing guidance and strategic advice. DraftKings shares more than triple shared uh, since the company went public earlier this year and the company was doing well before the pandemic, which halted most live sports events as well. And as a result, embedding in May reported a $68 million first quarter loss. What can Jordan do for DraftKings? Raise the stock up more, pretty much. He's obviously saying he, he, look, he still gambles to this day. That's what he's saying. But uh, he's getting on the other side of it now where he wants to make a little money on the other end. Michael Jordan gambling. Match made in heaven. True. It just works. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else he can do besides just bring more attention to it because he's Michael Jordan. He's just going to bring more traffic over to it to try to get them more money. I don't know what else he could do. Yeah, it's, it's really a power move for Jordan. Just, you know, behind closed doors, he's going to make a lot of money off of it. 
Yeah, Jordan would be a valuable asset to the company. He gives a face to the actual company, kind of like a brand ambassador. The best thing can happen with DraftKings is college football. With NCAA looking to split up their seasons for one for the fall and the other one for the spring, more games equal more gambling, which means more revenue. The idea of kind of splitting the two seasons can bring in more money, and you can have commercials where you're saying Michael Jordan is gambling. You know, you bring in some of his older friends, Larry Bird, whoever gambles, um, just to kind of make it seem as if gambling is cool and it's something for everybody to do. It can't do anything but help DraftKings, and it can only mean more revenue for both uh, Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand as far as DraftKings as well. Match made in heaven, like Jeff said, for sure. You guys ready to get started with the second half? Let's do it. The second half is underway. Full sport press. Second half, the 2020 NFL Top 7 Series Part 3. We're on the defensive side of the ball, the pass rushers and linebackers. Before we get started, I am Jay Hope. Boy, Big Jeff. It's your boy Weezy. What it do? It's your man, Coach Locke. <sighs> hey, Jeff, why don't we do a top seven for the offensive lineman? Y'all don't never want to do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what the hell are they going to match up with? Kickers? <laughs> FSP and our listeners came together again to make a list of who we perceive to be the top seven pass rushers and linebackers heading into the upcoming NFL season. Again, we appreciate everybody that sent in a list. We appreciate everybody that submitted a list on the offensive side of the ball and continue to do so as we move on to part three and part four. Uh, this list is strictly related to the 2019-20 stats and performance, which means if they didn't play in five games, it's going to be tougher than to make the list for sure. Um, and who has the best chance of maintaining their great play heading into the season? Without further ado, let's move on to the pass rushers, kick things off besides quarterback. Pass rusher is one of the most important positions in all of football. It's necessary for a team's defense to get pressure on the other team's quarterback in order to find success. So who has the most devastating pass rushers heading into the 2020 season? Who wants to give our last year's pass rushers rankings starting from seven to one? I got you. Uh, number seven was Cam Jordan. Number six, Miles Garrett. Number five is Mr. Steal Your Girl, Fletcher Cox. Number four, J.J. Watt. Number three, Vaughn, I wear glasses, Miller. Number two, I got traded for two first-round picks, Khalil Mack. And number one, um, I'm not on steroids, but I don't believe him, Aaron Donald. Weezy pie in the day, ain't hey, it? there we go. Did you write, is that on, is that on the CVS receipt, Weezy? No. Top it was freestyle. It was freestyle. Yeah. That's off the dome. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes yeah, so it works, sometimes it doesn't. So y'all know, so y'all know a mess up is coming soon. <laughs> That's what that, way, yeah. that was perfect. Keep your hands up, Weez. Just keep your hands up. Hey, yeah. right. uh, I got to fight, Jeff. I got to fight, baby. You're right. three, seven, two, one, eight. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> That's for the robbers. Home of the robbers. Um, honorable mention, man. Let's go with our first honorable mention. Locke's favorite defensive lineman, Joey Bosa. Uh, lost a little bit of traction because his brother Nick had a great season as a rookie, but nothing invisible about him, man, and got the biggest contract in defensive lineman pass rusher history because of those great years that he put in with the Chargers. How you guys feel about Bosa being honorable mention? I'm a, I, it's tough. It's going to look funny in the light that we put him on honorable mention, but 
once we got down and, and did our list behind closed doors, that's just what we came up with. You could have this could be a top ten, top twelve list with, with how the pass rushes break down. So honorable mention is not a slight to Bosa, but when you get, we get to this top seven, you'll see why he weighed. Yeah, he just didn't have the monster year some of these other guys had. That's all it boiled down to. And like Jeff mentioned, we'll get to that here real soon. Uh, let's move on to the next person, which is insane to say. Khalil Mack, Chicago Bears. When a player of this talent, caliber, is on an honorable mention list, and he was number two last year, I think it was just an off year for Khalil Mack. What do you guys feel about Khalil Mack, man? He just had a bad year, but, uh, I mean, he makes plays, man, when he needs to make plays for that team. I've seen him do it time in, time out. He's a game-changer on defense. He, he really is. And his bad year is just in comparison to his other years. Like, 80% of the players in the NFL on defense would, would love to have a year like Khalil Mack had last year. But it's just with the standard he set for himself, you know, it was a step down last year. Yeah, this is my guy, man. Khalil Mack, he just, you know, he had an average year, which is crazy to hear when you look at his stacks for you to call it average. But it just goes to show the guys on this list what kind of years they had. But he would definitely bounce back, so I'm not worried at all. Maybe it's just an off year, man. Fluke. We'll chalk it up to a fluke. Maybe he was injured. Maybe he was injured. We'll say that. He didn't say anything. Last but not least, Nicky Bosa, man. My guy. Defensive end, 22 years old. Rookie year. Had nine sacks. How we feel about Nick Bosa being slighted on this list? I'm on the fence about that one too. I think well, I think both of the both should have made the list. Uh, but you know, it's just I got I voted. Sky's the limit for for the for the young man. Um we said twenty two, that'd be twenty three, right? I believe. So he'll be here. He'll be here for a long time. Just there's no it's, again, this could be a top twelve, but he'll be here for a long time. Shout out to my niner, man. I I, I wanted him on this list also. He, he he's just gonna stay consistent, man. You know, he'll hit his podcast and, and prove us next year why he needs to be on this top seven list. For sure, man. Most collegiate rushers, takes a little time to get acclimated. He didn't need it. He did not need it. He was a superstar of the 49ers defense. Made it easier for us to get rid of DeForest Buckner, you know, and draft somebody else younger like Javon Kinlaw. D Ford there, and we still have Solomon Thomas. So Nick Bosa is going to kill next year. He's a superstar, man. It's tough not putting him on this list. The list, starting with number seven, we have T.J. Watt, outside linebackers, 25 years old. Of course, the younger brother of J.J. Watt. One rank last year, had 14 and a half sacks. How you guys feel about T.J. Watt being at seven? I'm actually good with T.J. Watt being at seven, man. I think besides the besides Mika Fitzpatrick, he's probably the second best player on this, on this defensive team. I'll do you one better, Weezy. He's the best player on that Pittsburgh defense, and he's the best player named Watt in the NFL right now. Ooh. I take. T.J. Watt, man, he just he just gets better every year. Every year he's been in the league, he's improved his sacks and his tackles for loss. So with that being said, that's why he's seven on this list because he's just showing he's going to continue to get better and better. And I agree with Jeff. He is the best defensive player on this team. With Watt, I mean, top three in defensive player of the year voting, y'all. I mean, 14 and a half sacks, just an unpredictable rusher. He could step back into coverage, and he also um, will rush clearly. So just made plays all over the field. 
generated 10 turnovers on his own in 2019, forced fumbles, eight of them. Just a player, man. He had to make this list for sure. Number six, it's Zadarius Smith, outside linebacker for the Green Bay Packers, 27 years old. Was not ranked last year. How do we guys feel about Zadarius at six? Man, I'm good with anybody on defense that makes the <laughs> that makes this list from Green Bay. Um, Zadarius Smith, he's a sleeper. He's a sleeper. I think he can move up on the list next year, but he don't get the same credit because he played for Green Bay, which is not known for their defense. Real high sacks, tackles for loss, and quarterback hurries or quarterback hits, I should say. Man, he going going to Green Bay is the best thing happened to this guy. Yeah, man. He had like 40 run stops, which I think was tied for Daniel Hunter for fourth best in the league. He's just – he's getting – figuring it out. You know, he was at Baltimore. He hadn't really figured out how to get to it. But moving to Green Bay, he turned it on, and now he's found his home, which Green Bay leads help a defense. So that's why he's making this list. Here's the thing about Zadarius Smith. He didn't start playing football until his junior year of high school. He's a basketball player. So he's just now scratching the surface he can become. Like, you got to think about this. He played at Kentucky. Kentucky's not a football school. He goes there, lights out there, gets to the league. It's behind a couple of people in Baltimore. Packers give him $66 million. He turns into a player. Worth every penny, man. Shout out to Zadarius Smith, one of my favorite defensive uh, pass rushers for sure. Will he, will he take over the same thing as Clay Matthews did at Green Bay? Nah, Clay Matthews, he was covering, too. Like, this kid's strictly he's, – he's trying to get to the quarterback. No, what I'm saying is, when you mention Green Bay defense, will his name come to mind like Clay, like Clay Matthews' no. name? No. His hair ain't long enough. <laughs> 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 Let's move on to number five, man. We got Shaquille Beard, 27 years old. Also wasn't ranked last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How you guys feel about Shaq Beard at five? Hey, Shaq Berry, they said they the, they the, um, the uh, Golden State Warriors right, right now of football. And for Shaq Berry, he came out of nowhere last year. I think he's going to continue that. He, anytime you play with Tom Brady, you got you to gotta match it. So he, he's going to put up points on offense. You got to do your thing on defense to, to slow somebody down. You got the best chance to win. I think they'll do it. The fact that this guy was undrafted and, and now put up these type of numbers just shows you what, you know, if you really dedicate yourself to your craft, and really push what you need to be doing. I know that sounds cliche, but, man, it's a great story, the fact that he was undrafted out of Colorado State. So, shout out to him. Shaquille Barrett, man, he's just showing what he can do. Now he's outside of the shadow of Von Miller. You know, he's playing with him. Of course, he wasn't going to shine as much, but moving on to the Bucs, had, he had 19 and a half sacks last year. You know, Tampa Bay's defense fixed him perfectly. You know, they franchise tagged him for the year, but – He's going to get his money, and he's going to continue to do what he does, and it's going to be even more light on him now because we know the Bucks are going to be on TV a lot more with everything they have and the great Tom Brady. Yep, just playing alongside Von Miller, he just couldn't find his place, man. So you go to Tampa, and you play under Ty Bowles' system on defense. Who should still be a coach in the NFL? He isn't as big, as athletic as some of these guys before him on this list or after him. But he just uses his body well to kind of get to the quarterback. And if you can find a way to keep this guy on the squad or trade for him, he has a chance to be at the top of this list again next year, man. Just a great, great story. And uh, the best is yet to come for Shaq Barrett, for sure. Let's move on to number four, Cameron Jordan, the old man on the list, 31 years old, which is nuts. Um, last year he was ranked number seven. 
How you guys feel about Cam Jordan at number four? I mean, I like Cam Jordan number four. And what I like about Cam Jordan, he chases down run. Like, he, he, he will catch you. He don't stop. He will catch you. He's, a, he's good at forcing fumbles. I like Cam Jordan already number four. Man, nine seasons, he only missed one game. He was played one. He started one forty-three or one forty-four. Oh, man, that's consistency. That's what you need. And put up those type of numbers. Most definitely deserves to be on the list. Jeff took the words from him, man. He's consistent, and that causes him to not get the recognition that he should because he's mm -hmm. so consistent. People look at it like, oh, he okay, it's an early year for Cam Jordan. Well, that's what you want. He just stay low, keep firing, like Jeff like to says. And as good as he is, is lining up outside. He's just consistent as a run stopper too. You got to look at this kid. He's strong. He's taller. So in turn, it's kind of hard to chop, kind of easy to chop block him, but he still finds a way to get relentless and really smart. He's put up double-digit sacks in five of the last seven seasons. And on top of that, he's playing on every game. You can put him on the inside. You can put him on the end. You can line him in as a damn D tackle because he's a run stopper. This is best season, man. I think, you know, the sky's the limit, even though he's 31. People are getting better with age, man. And heading into his 10th season uh, with the Saints, he's only going to improve at 31, for sure. Number three, we have Miles Garrett, 24 years old. Plays for the Cleveland Browns. Last year, he was ranked number six. How do we feel about Miles Garrett? All right. Let me tell you how good Miles Garrett is, just, just off, off, off one of the worst things he ever done in NFL history. He took his helmet off and knocked the shit out of somebody on the field, live on game, with, with – Without a helmet. He, he did that. I've seen it. And you know what? He got suspended for six, seven games. And you know what happened to him for doing that? He got paid. True. <laughs> he got paid. They paid him for it. They didn't ban him. They didn't say, oh, we're not going to blackball you. We, we're going to pay you for that. That's how good Mouse Garrett is. He was on track to improve his already impressive 13 and a half sacks from the year before, before he did the whole helmet situation. As long as he stays on the field, he's unstoppable. He was the lone bright spot on Cleveland before he did that because um, Cleveland imploded last year. I think we know that. So I can't wait to see him back on the field. Yeah, I mean, he was averaging one sack a game. That's just – that's so basically he was on pace to have at least 16 sacks, at least. Probably would have been more than that because, you know, he's getting a division game. So at the end, he's going to play a little harder and get a few more. But like we just said, man, Miles Garrett is just that good that they pay him after almost killing a man on the field. This kid, man, is one of the smartest, most skilled defensive players in the league. He's just super powerful, super athletic. He can dunk a ball. He can go between his legs and dunk a damn basketball. It's insane, man. You can't not pay that type of talent. Even if he did Donkey Kong a uh, quarterback with a helmet, you got to keep him on the field. Uh, his mobility and agility combined with that speed, he's he's unstoppable. I think he will lead the league in sacks next year. Now, without a doubt in my mind, uh, he'll be higher on this list. I think he is the best defensive lineman in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's move on to number two. Let's move on to number two, Chandler Jones, 30 years old, man. Wasn't ranked last year, which is insane. Um, let's talk about him, man. How you guys feel about Chandler Jones at two? 
Uh, I, I don't know if I don't know. Was it, was it a contract year for him last year or something? He just that's just how that's just how he get down. You know, when you, when you were not ranked last year and you come on the list and you make number two on our list and you get past Jay's, you know, eagle-eyed stats on our phone calls, you pretty good on this list. You, you got to be pretty good. So I'm I'm gonna give it to Chandler Jones. He's gonna be the one of the top two reasons. The other one being Kyler Murray that Arizona is in play for a playoff position this year and pushing y'all 49ers to the brink both times they play. Serious. Yeah, they're gonna they gonna beat them game one, Joe. Okay. Well, we just said it. Whatever you want to bet, we whatever you want to bet. We can bet all 13. Bet. Nah, Call I ain't it. doing it. Ain't no way. I ain't doing that. That's good. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, man, Chandler Jones, man, he he worries me being in my division. I hate that he's in our division. I wish he'd gone somewhere else and go to the AFC South or AFC North or something, man. 19 sacks and eight forced fumbles is crazy. He had more sacks than anyone over the last four years, and we know we've had some sack machines in this league. So with that being said, that's why Chandler Jones is number two on this list. He should have kept his ass in New England, man. He played four seasons with the Cardinals after four years with the Patriots. In those last four seasons, nobody has been disruptive the way that Chandler Jones is, man. He led the league in uh, 2017 with 17. He's put up double-digit sacks every year since 2015, y'all. And he wasn't on our list. We were bullshitting. True. Top two in sacks in the NFL the past two – I mean, the past two of the three seasons. Come on, man. And the scary thing, he's just 30. He's just 30. He's going to be there for a long time, man. And if it wasn't for Miles Garrett, if it wasn't for Miles Garrett. Oh, don't say that again. Aaron Jones. Hey, hey, Aaron Donald. Hey, Aaron Donald. We got to look at some consistency, dog. We got to, speaking of Aaron Donald, let's move on to number one, AD, man, number 99. Player number 99. Rated number 99. He's an animal. Los Angeles Rams, 29 years old. Last year, he was ranked number one. He's been number one the last three years on our shit. How do you guys feel about AD? I mean, you can't deny what he does, man. And um, I've been watching this blog ever since during the quarantine because I ain't been watching nothing else to do. And he really looks like a Donkey Kong for real. <laughs> he does. He likes a real Donkey Kong action figure. But other than that, um, <laughs> that's what he does. But other than that, man, his consistency, I watch him and he works hard. To be that good undersized and play the middle, the middle is what get me. He don't play the out. He plays the middle and get 20 sacks. He can get 20 sacks a season. He was he was voted the number the best player in the league last year. True. Come on, man. We talking about can't guard Mike. We talking about Saquon. He was voted the best player of the league. Tom Brady, Drew Brees. He cooks with season salt too, man. So he ain't no health freak. He just works hard. <laughs> he a lot of season salt. I seen him. You have to send me that blog. I want to check that out. But to be the number one voted the number one player in the league as a defensive player, because you know it's an offensive league now, that says something. That says it all right there. Dude, I mean, he practices with knives. Like, he's, he's doing hand techniques against knives. That's it. Number one. Let's go. Move forward. <laughs> and what separates him over Chandler to me is that he can do this in any gap. He can line up on the end and do what Chandler Jones does. But then you put him in the middle, and he's still going to get to the quarterback. And he's double teamed consistently. All the time he's getting double teamed, and he's led the league in tackles for loss the second straight year being double-teamed from the middle. So that's why he's number one on this list. He's unblockable. Don't matter if you double-team him. And he changed the face of the defensive tackle. I want to say Geno Atkins did it before him, so he made it a high line, but Aaron Donald made it a high song, man. There's no D-tackle 
that moves the way that he moves. There's just it's impossible. At the defensive tackle position, you're supposed to be a plugger. You know, you're supposed to be there to stop the run. Like this Warren Sapp. Yeah, no, for sure. Like plenty of those guys before him. You just put a, the biggest guy on the field and you plug up the middle. This dude is he got 20 and a half sacks, bro, from the middle, dog. Come on, man. And he had a down year last year, 12 and a half sacks. But at the tackle, like you don't realize how crazy that is to get pressure from the D tackle position. You're getting two guards and the center. You're getting a lot of attention from them. How in the hell do you get past them? It's Aaron Donald, man. He's sick. I think, though, Miles Garrett is coming. Miles Garrett is here. He is he's ready to claim that throne for sure. He's coming for the number two spot. <laughs> All right, man. Let's go through the list, man. Number one, Aaron Donald. Number two, Chandler Jones. Number three, Miles Garrett. Number four, Cameron Jordan. Five, Shaq Barrett. Six, Zadarius Smith. And number seven, TJ Watt. Fellas, who will be on this list next year? Uh, what are the boasters will be on the list, if not both? Uh, for me, it's going to be <laughs> my Tennessee Titans, Jeffrey Simmons, will be on this list next year. Yes, he will. I just take it a show. I got to go with both of them because one's at nine and one is my boy. Khalil Mack will be on this list and Nick Bosa will be on this list next year. I have Josh Allen from the Jaguars. He'll have 15 and a half sacks, 16 and a half sacks next year. He's going to kill. He's the only show in town for the Jags. He's going to kill, man. They're going to they gonna double-team the crap out of him, Jeff. Nah, for sure. Nah, he's – listen, watch what he do. Or Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon's going to have a good year, too. All right, man. Let's move on to the linebackers. Now, every good defense in the NFL has to have solid linebackers in place to be effective. Not only are the ones that's making the bulk of the tackles, the really good linebackers also find ways to contribute in both pass coverage and pass rushing. Similar to the defensive lineman, the worth of a linebacker can be somewhat measured by the role that they play on their team's defense. We's who we have last year, seven through one, is the linebacker ranking. All right, number seven, we had Lake Bender Hesh. What's his name? Yeah, pretty much. I got him. Number six, we had, uh, I got me a championship at the University of Alabama, C.J. Mosley. Number five, we have, uh, I had a, I had a rough injury in college, but I bounced back Jalen Smith. Number four, we have Blake Martinez. You fell off this year, but you're going to bounce back. Number three, we have HBCU, South Carolina State, Darius Leonard. Number two, we have, man, he retired on us, but yeah, I don't know why he did. Luke Keekley, number one, the last one left in Seattle, Bobby Wagner. Weezy pod today, boy. Hey, you, hey, cameraman, you got to chop that up, man, and send that. We got to, hey, we need to, hey, I see you, Weezy. Pod today, boy. <laughs> yeah, you, now you got a job. Oh, shit. <laughs> you got to do this every week now, <laughs> baby. Step into a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got know, to turn this shit into a job. Let's go over honorable mentions. I don't know how he was left out. Uh, Jalen Smith, 25 years old, was ranked number five last year. Talk to me, man. Jalen Smith, how is he missing out on this list? I think he's missing out by a couple of votes. It's not like his talent's not there. It's just a couple of votes off. Look, somebody might have a couple more sacks than he had or, you know, a couple more tackles than he had. That's it. My thing is this. When we get into the list, who are you removing for him? That's the only thing. Yeah, he, he barely missed the list, man. It's, it's like a photo finish. You know, he just barely missed the list. 
he could be easily be on this list that he just missed. But, you know, that's motivation. Well, she had career highs and some things, but it just shows that everybody else on this list had a good years too. Yeah. If he wasn't splitting with Leighton Vander Ace, this kid would have 190 tackles a game, man. That's how crazy he is over the field. Number two honorable mention is Corey Littleton, Weezy's guy, now a Las Vegas Raider, 26 years old. Tough, man, to leave Corey Littleton off after the year he had for the Rams last year. And last but not least, <laughs> Dante Hightower, New England Patriots, 30 years old, wasn't ranked last year. This defense with the Patriots, they got to find a way to be a person, to be the face of the defense, and Dante Hightower's been there for a long time. That defense overperformed to me last year, and he was one of the main reasons behind it. So I can see why he's honorable mention. Didn't he take the year off this year also? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he won't be on the list next year either. <laughs> yeah, Dante Hightower. And he was the face of that defense last year, besides that great secondary they had. That's why he wasn't on my list, because he took the year off. So we know he's not going to be able to do anything going into this year, because he's not playing. That's the main reason he wasn't on my list. Well, let's get it, man. Starting with the list with number seven, we have Deion Jones with the Atlanta Falcons. Only 25 years old, man. Wasn't ranked last year. How you guys feel about Deion Jones at seven? I'm, I'm cool with Deion Jones being at seven. Uh, he's the only show in town their defense, though, right now, besides the other uh, cornerback. I wish this kid was in Buffalo. I really do. Um, gets around the field. I always make it the, the right play. Like we just said, the only player on defense. One of the only players on defense in Atlanta. I think Atlanta's going to shock some people this year. That's a whole other story. But, yeah, he's a good player. The jersey beat number seven. Deion Jones is on this list because he he fixed today's game very well. We know this is a pass-happy league now, and he's one of the linebackers that can cover the pass very well. So, in today's league, if you don't have a linebacker that could cover and play in the secondary a little bit, you're not going to be too successful as a linebacker, and he can do that. So, that's why he's number seven on this list. Deion Jones is some of the heir to your Derrick Brooks, your Luke Keekleys. Um, just isn't the most definitive run stopper or tackler on the move, but he's one of those guys that can cover, man. To break into the elite category, though, he's had to become a little bit better of a pass rushing threat because he only has two career sacks. But the way that he covers, man, he's a beast, man. Very, very welcome to be on this list. I just don't think he's better than Jalen Smith. Number six. We have a San Francisco 49er, young guy, man. Fred Warner, 23 years old, wasn't ranked last year. How do you guys feel about Fred Warner being six? From the year the 49ers had last year, and to be a linebacker and make this list, because they had number one defense in the league last year. So I'm good with Fred Warner being a young guy to make his list at number six. Hey, man, for some reason, because y'all, because the Niners defense is so talented and has so many big personalities and names, we forget about this guy, but – to me, with his stats over the last two years, he and then y'all paid. Who was the linebacker y'all brought in on the offseason this year? Quan um, Alexander. Quan Alexander gave him the big money. Fred's is coming though, because he's putting up numbers the way he needs to get paid as well, and that and that's gonna be fun to watch if y'all got that much money to spend. Because where's it coming from? Quan got hurt, and this guy stepped right in for him. You know, we didn't miss a beat because I, I was worried when Quan was hurt, but Fred Warner stepped right in and kept the defense rolling and, and helped us get to the Super Bowl. And I'm looking forward to him being there and us making a run next year. He had 118 tackles and three sacks. He's just consistent, man. And that's why he's here where he is on this list. Yeah, man, he just had his breakout year. And to find a way to replace 
uh, the people that we had prior, Pat Willis, Navarro Bowman, to put him in alongside Quan Alexander, man. The way that he stepped up for this team, he is a top-tier linebacker, man, and I'm excited to have him in the middle linebacker for my team, for sure, man. That's crazy. Let's move on to Levante David at number five, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 30 years old, man, the elder statesman's on this list. Um, wasn't ranked last year. How you guys feel about Levante David? Levante David is a player. He's a great player. I think he deserves to be on this list at number five. Uh, you know, with your quarterback throwing 30 interceptions last year, there's got to be one bright spot on the defensive side of the ball because you out there a lot. You out there, you out there a whole lot last year. But let me tell you about Levante David. Last year he was kind of oh man, he played for the Bucks and you know he, he was killing. This year the lights are gonna be bright. True. The lights are gonna be real bright. So you have to maintain it. You have to maintain it. And I'm nervous because he's playing with Tom Brady and the microscope's gonna be on. It's gonna be a lot of prime time games. He's got to maintain it this year. He ranks third under well, work current linebackers between him, Bobby Wagner, and Luke Keegan from last season as far as 126 combined tackles, 14 and a half tackles for loss for each season. Like, man, this dude's everywhere. Like we just said, he's on the field a lot more than he should have, may have been last season. Man, I see the slight, but it's all good. But this guy's a good football player. He'll be fine with that light, Luis, because like you mentioned. Jameis threw 30 interceptions, so the defense is on the field a lot. Tampa Bay is not going to do that this year with Tom Brady. He's not going to throw 30 interceptions, so he won't be on the field as much. So he'll be fine. He has 724 solo tackles since 2012. Nobody has more than that in that time frame about what he needs to be on this list right at five. Yep, Levante David is by far the most underrated player on this list. Just a well-rounded defender, not slowing down at 30. What's, what's crazy, he's only made one Pro Bowl team and one All-Pro since 2015. It's nuts. It, to put together the blitzing and also the coverage skills, I don't understand how he's not mentioned as a top-tier linebacker. Here's the thing with him, though. There's a linebacker that's on his team that plays middle linebacker better than him. He's just younger. His name's Devin White from LSU, and he is a dog. He's going to put him out to pasture, unfortunately, in the next year or so. So, Levante will have a great year, but Devin White is the best linebacker on that team, and he's going to kill next year. Let's move on to number four, man. Weezy's guy, Demario Davis, New Orleans Saints, 31 years old. Wasn't ranked last year. How you guys feel about Demario? Demario Davis is great, man, and, and, and I think he offsets a little bit from Cam Jordan. So he gets he gets to run around and, and be free a little bit back there. So yeah, I, I'm I'm happy he's on listening number four. We got one more Saints player to make hopefully make the list next week um, at, at the corner position. But mm -hmm. you know that. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, um, <laughs> he's a little older, a little older. He and Cam are both a little bit older, so I'm hoping they can keep this up for one more year to, to justify this ranking. That's only my that's my only concern in today. That's it. Yeah, he had 111 combined tackles, 11 tackles for loss. You know, 12 passes defended, and interception. He he's just great for the Saints because, like we know, they're not really known for their defense. When everybody talk about the Saints, it's all about the offense. Drew Brees can't go up Mike, but you know he he plays okay in the coverage. But he he's just a good solid linebacker that you would normally see from that position. He's not your not gonna go back and lock down anybody in the field. He's okay secondary coverage wise, but he's your your hard nosed, hard hitting linebacker. 
The Saints signed Demario to a three-year deal in 2018 to kind of help out an underperforming linebacker court. And what they were trying to do is, to, you know, use him as an elder statesman to kind of get these guys to do the right thing. And what they found, <laughs> this kid still had a lot of gas left in the tank. Really good disruptive linebacker. And I think he's the best pass rusher at the linebacker position. Early in his career with the Jets, he didn't look anything special. He was just out there going through the motions. But you got with the Saints, man. He turned himself into a player, only missing five tackles last year, y'all. That's insane. Won't make it next year, though. Let's move on to number three. Eric Kendricks, Minnesota Vikings, 28 years old. Wasn't ranked last year. How are you guys feeling about Eric Kendricks? Man, I like Eric Kendricks a lot. It might be just because he got long hair, but and I ain't got no hair, but I like Eric Kendricks a lot. Uh, I feel like if he played for, like, one of those defensive teams like a Pittsburgh or Baltimore or, or San Francisco, who's known for their defense, he would probably be on commercials and everything. Dude is a player. Coming off a career year for the Vikings, they're going to need him. They lost, they lost their number one receiver, so they need a defense to step up a little bit this year. going to be fun to watch him play. He has the most pass defended for a linebacker that's ever for the NFL. Past season, he had 12 pass breakups, so shout out to him. Yeah, he, he's number three on his list because he can do both. Like Jeff mentioned, he's great in coverage, but he's also good against the run. And that, that's what you need from the linebacker to be on this list and to be toward the top. You have to be able to do both. You can't be great at one and just average at the other one. He's good against both, whether you're passing or you're running the ball. So that's why he's number three on this list. Yeah, Eric Kendricks, man, is a combination of very high football IQ and anticipation. I think he's the closest thing to Luke Keekley currently playing in the NFL. If you use him the way that Mike Zimmer does, there's no real weakness in his game, man. That's why that defense looks like that is because of Mike Zimmer. Danielle Hunter, Harrison Smith over the top. You have um, Anthony Barr. They are loaded, man. And Mike Zimmer gets the best out of this defense. And I think that Eric Kendricks, if you're not Harrison Smith, who's a dog, is the best player on this defense, man. Just a tackle machine, man. He's everywhere. Just an expert at the linebacker position. Number two. We have Darius Leonard. This is uh, Coach Wayman's guy, Indianapolis Colts, 25 years old. He's ranked number three last year, so he's moving on up like the Jeffersons. How are we feeling about Darius Leonard? I think Darius Leonard might be quietly the face of this franchise as we, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, uh, Jacob Brissett got hurt. T.Y. Hilton got hurt. He's definitely the face of this defense. Keep this short and sweet. He'll be number one next year. Do your thing, Jay. Hot, hot, hot. Darius Leonard, man, he just does it better to me than Eric Kendricks. You know, anytime you got five interceptions from your linebacker, five sacks, 121 tackles, what more can you say? That lets you know that you're doing it all. You're all over the field. I ain't got nothing to say about him being in number two. Yeah, Darius Leonard, man, is just a little bit better than Eric Kendricks. Not a lot. And I think if Eric Kendricks played on this defense, he would get this, he would do the exact same thing. There's just so many good players on that Minnesota team. He can't do everything, so he just gets the rest. And he's better at uh, tackling than a lot of those other guys. But yeah, Darius Leonard is a dog, man. Just an animal. 
the face of the franchise, Weez. I couldn't have said it better than that, man. Just a, a great cover linebacker. And he also come in and make some sacks, man. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with him at two. I really think he should be number one. Speaking of number one, we have Bobby Wagner from the Seattle Seahawks, 30 years old. Last year was ranked number one. This year, he's ranked number one again, man. Not a 99 on Madden this year, though. 98. They did him dirty, Jeff. They did him dirty. 159 tackles last year, man. Let's talk about Bobby Wagner. Bobby, Bobby Wagner, man, Mr. Consistent, man, all over the field. I mean, the Legion of Boom is gone, but he's still there. And he's, like, he's keeping it alive, man. He's not the face of the franchise, but Russell Wilson's there. But he's, you know, 1A, 1B. He's there. They, people know he's there. Best linebacker coming into the season. Um, again, I do think Darius Leonard will unseat him. He won't have a three-peat at number one, but he deserves number one going into this season. Coach. Absolutely. Ain't much more to say, man. Bobby Wagner, he is Darius Leonard before Darius Leonard. You know, 159 tackles, 14 pressures. He does it all, you know, and when he's the lone, like Weezy mentioned, the lone guy still left to see out off their defense, and he's still getting it done with all those guys gone. So that just shows how good he is. For sure, man. He is a dog. He's an animal. He uncharacteristically missed 10 tackles last year, though, y'all, which is stupid, right? Compared to the fact that he only missed three the year before that, two the year before that. Insane, man. Just a tackling machine. He's the barometer for the linebacker position. He's so smart on the field, so quick to the ball. He's the best backer currently playing football right now at the linebacker position, man. And the way that Pete Carroll uses him in coverage and also lining him up as a pseudo uh, pass rusher, he's, he's amazing, man. He's great. I think he's on the decline. I think we've seen the best of Bobby Wagner is what I'm saying, though. I tell you what, man, to be on this top seven, you would have to be the face of the franchise on defense, wouldn't you say, fellas? Very, if not, very close. Yeah, very close. Yeah. For sure. So let's go through the list. Number one, Bobby Wagner. Number two, Darius Leonard. Number three, Eric Kendricks. Number four, Demario Davis. Number five, Levante David. Number six, Fred Warner. And number seven, Deion Jones. Anybody making this list next year? Jermaine Edmonds. <laughs> Roquan Smith. Uh, Zach Cunningham, Houston, Texas. And Devin White, man, will be my pick since Coach Locke took Roquan because Roquan is going to be a dog this year. He got, he got a contract pending. It's time. Hey, hey, put your mom on the phone. We're going to make some money. You got to make some money. Well, fellas, that is another show in the books, man. Next week, we got the DBs, man. We got corners and safeties. That is always the, the creme de la creme. Yes, sir. The king. You know, the, the secret to my uh, – Salmon is the rosemary butter sauce that I use. What movie is that, Weezy? I don't know. What is it? Tweet us with questions. Yeah, throughout the week at Full Sport Press, man. Don't forget to comment. Give us the thumbs up, thumbs down on the YouTube page, man. On the iTunes page, please rate and subscribe, man. More importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell your friends that don't know the classic movies. What was it? Yeah. Was that a no? I don't want to say nothing. What was it? Jeff. The camera's always on, bro. What was the damn movie, man? Wheezy. Everything painful. I'm not going nowhere until you tell me what this movie is. This is not cutting out. I'm not going nowhere. Lock. Get a drummer song. Damn right, drummer. man. 
The revolution will be podcast. The cameraman, we are out. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thank you for listening to the Full Sport Press Podcast. To catch up on prior episodes, visit the SoundCloud page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. The revolution will be podcasted. (laughs) 